Hello and happy Friday. Happy Friday the 13th, actually. It's a spooky day, I guess. Yeah, Yeah, it's funny because our homecoming game is actually today. Oh, yeah. So hopefully all goes well. Uh But welcome back to Rush Hour. My name is Nicole. And I'm Amukta. And yeah, happy Friday the 13th. I hope... I hope this show does not have any. We should have. We should have made something to, like, be spooky about this show. Oh, we should have, yeah. Especially in October, Friday the Thirteenth in October is a great Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> um, but anyways, we do not have any special Friday the Thirteenth um, parts of this episode for you. We have our normal news weekly updates for you all. So. Um, yeah, let's just get started. I have my my piece of news is actually for tomorrow. So tomorrow, October fourteenth, there will be an annular solar eclipse in the North America, Central America, and South America, and there will be a ring of fire in this eclipse because with annular solar eclipses, the moon is at its farthest point from the earth. So it can't fully block the sun for a total eclipse. So the sun instead creates this like ring of light around it. So you still, if you're in a place that is experiencing this eclipse tomorrow, it will get darker midday because the moon is going to be blocking the sun. But if you look up and I maybe don't advise that without like (laughs) those sunglass things but if you do look at it there will be a ring of light still that's peeking out so that will be really cool and the next time that an annular solar eclipse and ring of fire will occur on this part of the world will be 2046 so oh wow that's in how many years 24 Um, 23 years from now 23 yeah why did i think it was 2026 i'm not sure um yeah, so you don't want to miss this one tomorrow if you have the chance to experience it. So um, let me let me tell you who will get to see this eclipse. It's starting in the U.S. at 9.13 Pacific Time, a.m., um, which is, what, 12.13 Eastern Time. And it's going to pass from Oregon to the through Nevada, Utah, and New Mexico, and then it's going to end in the Gulf Coast in Texas. Okay. And then it's going to go, oh, but it will also, like, that's where it's, like, passing overhead, but you will be able to see it in some parts of California, Idaho, Colorado, and Arizona. And it's going to leave the U.S. at 12.03 p.m. So it's only going to be there for about three hours, passing over all of the states. And then after leaving the U.S., it's going to move across Mexico, Belize, Honduras, um, all of these South American countries. And then it'll end in South America's Atlantic coast at Natal, Brazil. So there's going to be a lot of countries and a lot of states and places that um, will be able to see this eclipse tomorrow so it should be really cool so a lot of north america and south america yeah basically Uh, the yeah western hemisphere for washington is it included in like the the oregon that's what i was wondering i did not find a source that said it would be in washington but if it's in oregon and idaho like washington's basically that that's true yeah i mean i'm assuming that we'll be able to see i really hope so because these solar eclipse days are super fun. I remember my last one was like 
Um, when I was in elementary school, I don't remember which grade, but you probably remember it too. I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everybody went to Oregon. I guess Oregon gets all the eclipse. Um, so this says Washington will see about 81% of the sun blocked out 81%. at 8.09. Okay, that's actually... 8.09 a.m. And this is on Sunday. No, it's tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Saturday. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so keep a lookout for that, I guess. Yep. Um, well, uh, our next news story is actually very different from that. A little, a little dark, I'd say. Um, but the Olympics are happening in 2024, as you probably know, in Paris. But the Olympic Committee has suspended the ROC, which is the Russian Olympic Committee, from the Olympics um, for attempting to claim Ukrainian athletes for Russia. And the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee, uh, recognizes Ukraine as a separate nation from Russia. So what they're doing is breaching the Olympic Charter. And this also means that the ROC can't function as a national Olympic committee and won't receive funding for it either. And whether Russian athletes can compete in the 2024 Olympics is still under question. If the ROC is still suspended, um, we don't know if... The IOC will give them like a different um, organization to compete under or if they just won't be allowed to compete at all um, because athletes from Russia were initially um, banned from competing under the ROC or required to compete under like the Russian Olympic Committee um, for the 2018 Pyeongchang. And for the record, uh, the ROC isn't Russia. Like it's not the nation, it's just the athletes from Russia that form like a committee who can uh, who can compete in the Olympics. Um they were banned uh, they were forced to um compete under the ROC for the 2018 Pyeongchang Winter Olympics um as well as any Olympics, Paralympics or World Championships between 2020 and 2022 because of a doping scandal from back in 2015. Um but now not even the ROC is allowed to compete. But we don't know if this is temporary or not because um, they they still might change their mind or they, they, they have to do something about the Russian athletes that have been working for the 2024 as well as the 2026 um, Winter Olympics. Right. Yeah. Russia seems to... When was the last time that they actually competed as a country? A long time ago. I think it's, it's going to hit like a, a decade pretty soon. Wow. Yeah, every every Olympics, there's never I don't remember ever seeing a Russia. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting. There's a lot of sports related news going on recently, um, and that'll be interesting for the Paris Olympics. Yeah. Oh, next year, um, once the year starts, I think we're gonna get a lot more into like Olympics mm-hmm. style news. <laughs> yes. Um, well, that is all we have for news, the big news today. We have some speed news for you now. We just finished our two big stories last segment, but we'll get straight into it. Yeah, so, okay, I'm really coming in with the space news today. <laughs> Prada is designing the spacesuits of NASA's Artemis Three mission that is going to go to the moon in 2025. <laughs> so wow. they're partnering up with... Axiom Space, who hopefully knows a bit more about safety and logistics of these spacesuits than Prada does, uh-huh. but I think it's really interesting. It's the first time we're going to the moon since 1972, I think, and yeah, Prada's going to be repping, repping the suits. That's that's really interesting that they're like kind of expanding their fashion into yeah, they're going space to space. Travel. Yeah, 
Um, but actually, I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they look like. Like you Me know, too. travel and style. Exactly. <laughs> but next, uh, Burkina Faso has signed a deal with Russia to build a nuclear power plant after the country fell out of its Western partnerships, because Burkina Faso has the highest um, electricity prices out of all the African countries. Um, and yeah, I think this is mainly a story because a lot of people are worried with about what a partnership with Russia could potentially do to some of the Western countries that aren't really on the best terms with Russia right, right now. Right. Um. Okay. This piece of news is. It sounds crazy to me. Um, as a kind of average runner. <laughs> But if you had a goal of breaking the marathon world record time, your target is now a little bit faster. Okay. So Kenyan runner Kelvin Kiptum was just set the new record of two hours and 35 seconds at the Chicago Marathon. Two hours? Yep. <laughs> it was pretty, oh. yeah. Wow. So I don't know if anybody will be breaking. But like now it seems like he could break two hours in a marathon. He himself? Any, yeah, just a big runner. Wow, okay. Um, next, a little bit unrelated to that. Um, today, actually, the Taylor Swift movie is coming out. And people all across America are flooding to theaters to see it. A bunch of my friends who are Swifties are going this weekend. And it's a, it's a big deal. It's been promoted for a while now and taylor swift has been in the news a lot lately so yeah yeah this is highly anticipated so <laughs> i'm gonna we're probably gonna be talking about it on air there's <laughs> the swifties in our class are gonna watch it and come back for breakfast on the bridge or yeah. something to talk about it with you um but that that's a good because that's like a piece of good news to mm-hmm. transition into our actual good news um my good news for today is that the demolition of four hydroelectric dams in the Klamath Clum, River, uh-huh. excuse my pronunciation <laughs> if it's wrong, um, but it will allow wild salmon from the Pacific to run upstream and spawn again as they haven't done so for a hundred years since these dams have been built. Advocates have been battling for 20 years to allow the river to flow freely and unblock fish, pa- fish passage in a place that's really sacred to the Shasta Indian Nation in California. And before the dams were built, one million native fish flocked to the river throughout the spring and fall. But this fall, it's predicted that less than 25,000 Chinook salmon will return. So obviously these dams have really, really decreased the fish population, but experts expect the, the population to increase once all of the dams are removed because... They will have renewed access to spawning grounds and also just a healthier ecosystem in general. I know this was a, a huge debate a couple of years ago because it was um, is this is this in Washington? This is in California. In California, but I know there's debates all over the country for yeah. for like removing dams. And, right. Yeah, because people in like the more metropolitan cities are for them, but then once you get farther out into the farms that actually use the water from the dams then you get to the people who are kind of opposing, like, the takedown of these dams. Right. I know that with the Snake River has the four dams that definitely disrupt the 
ecosystem and native wildlife. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, yeah, one of the big things that advocates speak for is restoring the ecosystem for these animals. Um, but yeah, it also is just a really big part of a lot of communities um, to have just a flowing river. Yeah, a, so, lot of, a lot of livelihoods involved in that. So. Yes, maybe this will be an example, set an example, and more dams will be removed in the future. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so this is a continuation of last week where we talked about a little bit about a monkey named Momo that escaped oh. um, into a neighborhood. Um, Momo has been found, and... <laughs> the monkey was found in the bathroom of a house that was under construction, and it was actually Momo's owner's brother who found the monkey and handed it over to the police. Um, but the Indianapolis police report that it wasn't their first time dealing with um, an escaped Momo because Momo had escaped like earlier in July. Oh. So um, this time I think they had enough. They sent Momo to the Indianapolis Zoo, and then they also issued a citation to the owner because... Momo was, um, <laughs> Momo was being unsafe towards okay. others, to put it lightly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's, that's the basics of it. And anyone who came in contact with Momo was advised to, like, get a medical check because they didn't know about what kind of diseases Momo had. Oh, right. Yeah. But I think this is the last time Momo was going to escape because it is no longer under the owner's control. So it wasn't in the zoo before? It was no. just a pet? It was a oh, pet. Right. It was a domestic animal, yeah. Right. Well, that's good that it's been found. I, when you were telling us that story yes, or last week, I was like, oh, this is kind of sad. Like, this monkey's lost. Like, yeah. it's like a lost dog. But now that it's found and everybody's safe, I think we're, we're, we're good. good. Yeah. Um, and then our last piece of, like, good news. This isn't... Ex- it's good news. It's also a little promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, right now... It's homecoming Friday. Tomorrow is homecoming, the the dance and everything at the school. But right now, tonight is going to be the homecoming football game, which will be at 7 p.m. in the jungle. It's a home game here at MIHS. And the Islanders are taking on Liberty High School. So I think we've had a winning streak, right? We have. It's It's so impressive. That's compared to last year. Insane. So we'll see if we can keep it up tonight and see what happens. Oh, also, the homecoming parade is at five. So so. it's already going on. Yeah. 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 So if you would like to see the end of the parade, definitely try to get to MIHS where it's going to be ending. Um, and you might be able to see the end. There's going to be the bridge mobile mm-hmm. and lots of candy and everything like that. So. Yeah, a ton, a ton of different um, clubs with their, their floats, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that should be exciting. And then after the parade is the game, and then tomorrow is the dance. Yep. So, yeah, it's going to be an exciting weekend. I think that's all we have for today. Um, so we are going to let you get back to your Friday nights. Um, maybe we will see you at the game or just have fun with whatever you're doing tonight. And we will be back next week. The same time, same place here on KMIH 889 The Bridge.